Hey guys, I'm really excited about this interview with Mariah Formica from the band Plush. Such a talented singer, songwriter, and guitarist. She's doing amazing things with her band. They've toured with Slash, Evanescence, Hailstorm, Alice in Chains, Bush, Breaking Benjamin, Seven Dust, and others. They've done some big festivals with bands. And we cover a lot in this interview, including her appearance on The Voice and advice from Miley Cyrus, her connection with Michael Sweet from Striper, how Lizzie Hale helped the band find their guitarist, her common non-music interest with Slash, her thoughts on internet trolls, and much, much more. So stay right there. Nice to meet you too. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So Mariah, it's Formica, not Formica. I think everyone mispronounced, or some people mispronounced. I thought it was Formica, and then I heard you say Formica. I was like, okay. <laughs> So yeah, it's for Michael's become like a second last name to me. So I'm like, either or it's okay, but I totally get it. It's like the countertop. <laughs> yeah. Do you correct people when they mispronounce it though and say actually it's for Mika or did I honestly really don't because I, it doesn't bother me too much. Um, but I, I only tell people if they ask me. <laughs> okay. So, gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Well so yeah, so I think I know like your whole life story. I mean, you're you're pretty young, obviously, but I think I know your whole life story. You started playing guitar at age five or six. First song was Back in Black, right? Which is kind of interesting to me because, you know, like pe people who are younger, that's like an older person's song. So where, you heard that from yeah. your dad? Yeah, I my dad just raised me always on like, you know, a bunch of 80s classics. And he always had, you know... Um, like 80s pop-up videos going on and and even some of the 70s you know stuff like he always had going so yeah i just kind of was a rocker kid from from day one <laughs> okay so then the other stuff like because you obviously later get into like evanescence and paramore and yeah. stuff. you just discover that on your own well uh my parents also loved i i remember that my parents always had this evanescence uh they had the fallen album always playing in the car, like on long road trips or whatever. Um, and I fell in love with Bring Me to Life when I was like, probably like five. And so I had known of that song, but yeah, it wasn't until like maybe 11 or 12 that I really started getting into Evanescence. Okay. But and you didn't, yeah. you started playing guitar like five or six, but you didn't start singing until nine when you tried this yeah. karaoke. So did you never like just sing along even to the music? Did your parents never hear you sing in the car and stuff or? Yeah, I really didn't. I was a really quiet kid and I didn't really like I would sing along with, you know, like under my breath or whatever. But I was never I never thought of it. as I, I was never thinking like, oh, I wonder if I have a good voice or not. Like I, it just was sort of uh, I just loved music and I loved I liked to sing, you know, along to it. But it was never something that came up, I guess. I guess nobody really did hear me. <laughs> Hmm. So then how did you, I mean, cause you're a shy kid and you're insecure, but at age nine, you get up in front of all these people and sing karaoke. How did you, did you just not even think about it at that point? Or how did you like psych yourself up to do that? Yeah, I didn't really, well, it was, the thing was, is my friend and I were in my room alone, just the two of us doing karaoke. And oh. so I kind of had some, yeah. So I had some confidence by then. And then I think like one of the adults came in the room real quick just to knock or something and be like, Hey, you know, I think the food's ready or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they walked in on the karaoke going on a little bit. And then, um, then they were like, yo, do you know that Mariah has a voice? Like, did you know that your daughter can sing? And people were just like, what? No. And I think that people expected, you know, just like this, I, I don't know what people expected to be honest, but the next thing I knew everybody was coming into my room and, um, then I really just realized I was like, oh, well, okay. Cause at that point I wanted to know what it was about too. I was like, do I have a good voice? Like, can I sing, you know? So, and it was just a natural thing. Like you didn't, you hadn't like yeah. practiced it or taken lessons at this point. Yeah. Yeah, wow. totally. No. Yeah. So then, no. Yeah. So sorry, go on. Oh no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I wasn't going to say anything else. Okay. No. So I was just saying, I was going to say, so then the next thing is that this, this part of the story I think is really cool is that your parents like really are supportive. And so instead of telling you like, Hey, you need to get a real job and this is a hobby. Right. They're like, 
they, they want you to go all in. They get you uh, like vo- voice lessons or guitar lessons or both. And then yeah. they get you, did you were you in school of rock or no, that was the other members of the band. Yeah. That was uh Brooke and Ashley. I believe they okay. were in this, the uh, rocks, the, uh, you know, the school of rock program together. Okay. Um, but I did, I went to like a similar thing. Um, mm. That place called modern day music up where, near where I live in upstate New York. And that's just a, a really amazing place. You know, and they have the same kind of little band programs for the kids and stuff, which is really a huge, huge pivotal point in me realizing that I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to do this. I wanted to be in a band, you know? Yeah. Was it fifth and sixth grade? Was that when you first performed for that? Was it like an assembly or something you did like Eye of the Tiger and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You do. You know everything. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Um fifth grade I did Eye of the Tiger for my school chorus and it was funny because I was like my music teacher was like so you play guitar and I'm like yeah you know I play guitar and I love it and whatever and um and then um she was like well why don't you come play you know I just can you play this song for me after school you know Mm because we're doing this in chorus I want I just am wondering you know and I was like Oh, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable, whatever. And, and my little brother, Gabriel was like, he's, he's so outspoken. He was like, she'll do it. She can do it. I promise you. He he was like, she can do it. I promise you. Yeah. Like she can learn it. She'll do it. And I'm like, Gabe, stop, shut up. And he's like, no, like you, you, you'll do it. And so next thing I knew, I ended up playing uh, after school and I got to hand it to my little brother because he wasn't going to let me say no. And uh, I would That's not, cool. I wouldn't know what it was like to perform if it weren't for him and my music teacher in fifth grade. So, so all these yeah. people encouraging you and kind of pushing you yeah. a little helped it. 100%. So that was interesting. Cause I think when you were like 16, somebody, who was this person that told you that you're wasting your time with rock? Cause you really love rock and they told you you're wasting your time. And you said that was like heartbreaking. So Tell oh, yeah. Was that? And like, how did you move on from that? Because clearly they were wrong. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> well, just different, um, you know, industry people. And because, you know, when at that point I had one, oh, my cat's walking here. But uh, at I that see. point I had, um, you know, I, I, we, you know, really wanted to make it and, and really just be able to make a living doing what I love and just, you know, be set and, and kind of, so, you know, you reach out to different people and stuff like that, or just whether it was people who used to be in the music industry that were in my life that I had known, um, just basically saying, you know, yeah, I agree. You know, your your daughter is really talented, um, et cetera. But the rock thing is not going to cut it. You know, it's not, it's not, there's no money in it anymore. There's no, no one cares about it. You know, it's, it's she's wasting her talent on it like it's you know it just all sorts of stuff like that just bs and yeah it was really heartbreaking to hear that you know at first so yeah but i'm really glad that i chose to stick with my guns and who i really am you know no me too because i i love rock i mean there's some good pop music too but was there a time did you you consider Pop music, you consider going that route? I know you like Lady Gaga. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I like Lady Gaga too. And so that would have been a route to go, but. Yeah. I love, I do, I did consider it actually for a little while, probably for like a year. I actually started writing a bunch of pop songs and and trying to, you know, create a different sound. And um, we had these all these photos ready to go and whatever. And then I was just like, you know what? no, I can't, I can't do this. It does. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't. And I was thinking my, one of my big things was I'm like, people are going to know. It's not even something that's not, it was just obvious that I'm Mm -hmm. not really a pop star. Like I'm not a pop person. I'm not a, I mean, I I love listening to pop, but as far as, you know, what I do in my, my craft, it's not, it's just rock really. You know, it's, I'm just rock and roll. That's what it is. And I don't think that there's any way to see around that. So I just yeah. came to the conclusion that it was not what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No one, especially because the guitar, you're such a talented guitarist. Right. Too, and you would, so what you Thank would, you. not a lot of pop singers play guitar. So then, yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be another thing. So, yeah, then it would be <laughs> so weird. <laughs> right. So this is around the time that you uh, you had your so your solo band and your solo album, Bring It On. And then was that it was shortly after that that you did the voice, right? Yeah. Yes. Did that bring did. That, that? That must have brought a lot of attention to. Did that people go back and then listen to your solo stuff after you're on the voice? Yeah, I got honestly, the voice was a huge um, kick. I mean, it really was kind of like the Kickstarter for my uh, career. And I, you know, it did. It got a lot of exposure. That's like, that's the number one thing that comes out of those shows, in my opinion, at least, is like, just the exposure, the sheer amount of people that get to see you and, um, you know, and all the experiences that you get to experience. But yeah, it did bring a lot of, uh, you know, fans to, you know, cause it's instant recognition. And, and a lot of people came in and started listening to my music and, and, um, you know, and the first thing that people would say is, well, you know, I, I'm an eighties guy and I love, I, I, I saw you on the voice and I listened to your stuff. And it's, you know, it gives that classic feel and stuff. And and that was another thing that really helped me solidify my place in rock, too, was having all the, you know, people who saw me on The Voice reach out and say, hey, I, I came back to listen to your other stuff. And, you know, I just love that, that you keep true to yourself and that you stick with rock. And that gave me a lot of reassurance that what I was doing was the right thing. Yeah. So at that point, had you had enough shows and concerts that you had more confidence? Because, I mean, before, like, you were, you know, you're scared to perform for the choir teacher, and now you're on national TV. I mean, even if you've done shows, that's got to be a, that's obviously a different level. Like, did you, you must have gotten nervous. How did you get past that? Oh, yeah, I didn't. I couldn't even, like, I, I went out there and I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, no, my, my knees are like jello. I was like, I really hope I can stand up while I'm doing this. Um, it was, it was a lot of, just a lot of talking with my parents. My parents are a huge thing in this, obviously. I mean, it's all because of them actually, but, um, you know, a lot of talking with my parents and reassurance from them. I, a lot of prayer, I prayed all the time, you know, that, um, you know, I, I'd always be like, God, please like just let the air open up my lungs, let the, the notes and the air flow out. Like I, cause my thing is it's, you know, you get panicky and then you can't breathe. And so if mm -hmm. you can't breathe, then you can't sing. And so, um, I don't, I don't really know, honestly, what got me through. I think I just, music is my, it's just my happy place. And I was just like, you know what? I came to a point where I was like, I know that my physical body is going to be absolutely out of this world nervous um and so i just knew that i had to somehow find a way to put that aside and just focus on what i what you do like just do what you could do do the best that you can you know if if you get chair turns great if you don't that's all right so i just eventually came to that point and i think that that's how i i, I just blacked out and i just focused on the song i was playing and i think that that's all you can do in that yeah. moment because <laughs> it's you intense, nailed it. you know? So, right. Cause it was the first song that you see. I never watched the voice. The most of yeah. the voice I've seen is your clips. And so the first, <laughs> I think I saw was you doing heart and you're playing guitar and you're singing and you nailed it. And I think, was it, was it Thank Miley you. Cyrus? That was the first person to turn around. And then the other three, like, yes. I feel like they all copied each other. They're all like, Oh, well, well they're turning. <laughs> so I'll turn. And, and you know what I mean? Like they didn't know if to right, make the yeah. decision. But Miley Cyrus, yeah. like, she knew talent right away. And she's like, boom, and turned around. <laughs> so sometimes they don't turn around? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes Ooh. they don't. Oh, that's so, uh, Yeah, I know. And so it's, so then it's, it's adds this, it's not enough, you know, that um, you're already stressed out. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I, to perform in front of people like Adam Levine, Jennifer Hudson, Miley Cyrus, and Blake Shelton, it's like, that they're, they're the top of the industry so it's like mm -hmm. it's that's already added so much anxiety and nerves um and then there's the added stressor of man i really hope i get a chair turn <laughs> you know because all you need is one all you need oh, is really? one. and, and okay. that's all of our goal yeah so all of our goals were just let's just get one that's all we need you know um 
And so, yeah, it's a very intense thing emotionally and mentally to be yeah. on those types of shows. Yeah. So I don't, so, you didn't, you didn't win it. Right. But so then do you get some sort of constructive criticism or advice that, that you, that you thought was helpful? Yeah, I really, I, uh, one of the, it goes back to kind of solidifying the whole, you know, me being a rocker and, and only a rocker was, um, you know, you do your, you have wardrobe there at the, um, on, on set and, um, each contestant is assigned a stylist. And I remember one of them was really, one of my stylists was really trying to put me in like, you know, just sparkly platform heels and this and that. And I'm just like, man, that's not, you know, that's not me. It's yeah. just not. And, um, I came in the next day and they were like, yeah, we can just do the outfit that you wanted. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's awesome. And I, we showed up to practice later that day and Miley Cyrus was like, Hey, I really, I told, uh, the glam team to kind of really leave you alone and just let you do, let you, you know, pick your outfit for this round, because I really think that you're just so authentically you and that you shouldn't really be touched. And that's not your thing. And so that was a, a big piece of, you know, and she's like, just don't let people tell you that, you know, you should look like this or do that or, or that you can't, um, you know, you can't be who you are. And that was one of those things that, really helped me also solidify, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I, I know who I am. I'm, you know, it's, it's one of those things that really piece of advice is that really helped uh, solidify as, as a 16 year old, you know, cause you're still trying to solidify who you are as a 16 year old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that was a really pivotal piece of advice and I really, it meant a lot to me, you know? So that was one of the biggest pieces of advice that I took with me and that really helped me. Yeah. Well, I think, and you got another similar piece of advice from uh 80s guy, John Waite. I love this piece of advice yeah. that he gave you. You said this is some of the best advice you ever got. It was similar. He said, don't listen to anybody else. Do what you feel is right. And I thought yeah. about that and I was like, that really is really good advice. And I, I think about some it of the is. things where you try to listen to other people and you do what they are trying to tell you to do, take their advice. And it, it usually doesn't work. Like you usually it know. It never works know. out, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like you were, I assume you're just about to say like deep down you're, you know, like your gut, your gut really, it's nobody knows what you need more than yourself. You, like it's, right. unless you're like a little child and it's, listen, sometimes it's, yes, mother knows best. I understand that, but it's, you know, there are some things that you just know. And I feel like your gut never lies to you. At least for me personally, I've never had a situation where my gut felt really strongly about something. And then that, you know, and then it led me astray. I've, I've never had a situation like that. So, um, you know, and it's one of the most common things I feel like that a lot of people hear is, Hey, follow your gut because it's, it's true. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Cause I do a lot of these interviews and I think that's a lot, especially the people that have been in the business for many, many years. A lot of the eighties guys will tell me that they'll say things like, you know, I wish I, had just been myself and listened to my instincts yeah. and not, you know, the managers. Cause man, and so, you know, sometimes the managers know things, but um, yeah, like I know like one of the most famous examples is the, I don't know if you remember the band Dawkin, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so Dawkin was Love like a rock group and they were managed by these guys who went on to manage like Metallica and stuff, but they were, they were telling the Dawkin just, Hey guys, like be yourselves. Like, and Dawkin wanted to do these, like, right. I don't know if you saw like their costumes in the eighties. <laughs> I mean, you look back now and they look ridiculous and they, they were, and they said later, you know, with hindsight that that advice was good advice just to be ourselves and not try to do these costumes and things. So, yeah, I think that's awesome right. that Miley Cyrus solidifies that by telling you, be yourself, be authentic. That's very cool. Yeah. And it was a very, yeah, it was a very reassuring moment for me, for sure. Yeah. Especially so as a kid. Right. Yeah. She knows she's been through it. Now you yeah. had your first solo album, uh, bring it on. You also had, um, Michael Striper like is on that. I think you're on, are you on his album too? How did you get, uh, yeah. hooked up with him? Yeah. So I, uh, I was at about like 14, 14 or 15. 
I, a couple of years before The Voice happened, I was, you know, I was doing my little solo gigs and, you know, I did a lot of uh, solo acoustic gigs where I would just play a set for a couple hours and just at like, you know, local bars and wherever. Hmm. And um, there was a local venue that Michael Sweet was actually going to be playing at. He was going to do his own acoustic set and they were looking for an opener. Um, and actually the owner of the music school that uh, modern day music that I had talked about earlier is he knew the owner. He's, he's good friends with the owner of this, this place. And he was like, Hey, you know, I think, um, I have, there's, there's this girl who's, you know, I think that she would be a good opener and she really loves, you know, she's in that ballpark and, and, you know, et cetera. And so I went and I played a couple of songs for the owner and she, she gave me the gig. She was like, yeah, you know, we'd love to have you. And so, um, I played that gig and ever since then, Michael Sweet was just so him and his wife, Lisa kind of took me under their wing and they just were so helpful, gave me so many opportunities would, you know, give me a lot of, I had many other opening slots opening for Michael Sweet and uh, Striper. And it was just a really huge part of my introduction into the rock world, you know? And so I'm always forever grateful to them. And yeah, so uh, I did have him do, he did a solo on Bring It On, the, the actual song, the title track of that EP. He did the guitar solo in that. And he also did backing uh, vocals on that. And then I did do a song on his solo album, One Sided War. Um, called can't take this life very cool and then did you yeah. see so i don't know do you follow like the the rock news and the the blabbermouth and all that stuff because then he said he he praised your i can't remember i don't know if this was on the voice where you did i rem i remember you the skid row song was that on the voice no that wasn't that wasn't on the voice i just did that was one of my acoustic covers that i did okay. i think i would just play, yeah i would just play it live and uh yeah. yeah. So you played that and you killed it. And and he said you. that you nailed it. You were better than the original singer, Sebastian Bach. And so <laughs> Sebastian Bach sees that and he calls Michael, Michael Striper a pussy and I'm going to beat him up and all this. Like, is yeah. that, that you're kind of in the middle of this like fight between these two like <laughs> legends? Like it must have been weird for your dad as an 80s rock fan to, to, to see that. I don't know if you saw that article, but. Yeah. Oh, I saw it. And I remember I, my, my, my dad was like, right, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he shows me the article and I'm like, get out of here. That's not happening. And I go on Facebook and, and Sebastian Bach's just like trolling all the comments being like, man, suck a fart from my ass. And you like, I mean, this guy, is, he's saying everything under the sun. And, um, so, but he's not mad at yeah, you, right? I, he's just mad at Michael for saying that, right? Yeah, yeah. He okay. was mad. He was mad at Michael Sweet, but I, I didn't. I never. I, I did feel really weird, especially because I was like 15 at the time. So I was just like, "Look, man, I just am covering your song because I love your song, and people love your song, yeah. and it's a, it's a good, it's a great song. <laughs> That's all it is." And so I was just sitting here, kind of like, "All right." Yeah, you you're know? kind of in so, the middle. You're like, oh, yeah. "What do I do?" <laughs> Yeah, it definitely was was a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, had, I just had Michael Sweet on the show, and I saw that oh, article, really? and I was like, and I knew that I had uh, you scheduled for Monday. I was like, oh, I have to ask her about this because yeah. I didn't get a chance to, to ask Michael because we only had thirty minutes. But I, I thought that was really funny. I was like, oh, that must have been funny for you. It's like being in the middle. Oh, of yeah, the, yeah. It and then is you super did, funny. Yeah, you also did a cover of the Steelheart song. I, I had um I had the singer of that band on the, my show too. But your sing, your your version of that, I'll never let you go. That is not an easy song to sing, is it? I mean, or is it? Does that just come natural to you? Those high notes and things. No, that was not. It is not easy. I when I heard that, it was I, the reason I covered that song was because I during the pandemic I started doing this thing where I would take requests from people. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the requests was that song. And when I first heard it, I'm like, I'm like, okay, maybe this can be one of the ones that I don't do because it's, because it was just so, I was like, there's no way that this, I was watching live videos of him doing it. And I was just like, how is this guy human? It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and so, um, 
I, it is, I like belting is kind of my thing. I love, I, it's just, it's just how I sing. I do. I, I, you know, and it's rock and whatever. So, but that song was very tough and I didn't actually think I could do it when I heard it. Um, but I, you know, I worked on it a lot and I did a lot of, uh, workouts that week (laughs) core workouts to help get that breath support and then i just gave it a shot you know and i and oh uh, interesting i didn't know so the like doing core workouts actually helps you like sing better oh yeah yeah for sure because you yeah because your diaphragm right here is really what helps get all the air out and it's, it's responsible for your breath for your breath control so if you don't you know, if you're not using your core at all, it's, I definitely noticed that on days where I do workout or do like some sort of core, you know, exercise, it definitely is easier on my voice for sure. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That makes sense then. So let's yeah. maybe explain why some of the older gentlemen uh, struggle with the, cause they, if they aren't taking care of themselves, then it could be harder to sing, especially the high notes and such. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and a lot of people it's like and after you and it also makes sense because it's like after you sing a song like that, it feels like you just did some sort of ab workout, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Cuz it's it's intense. It's, you know, there's a lot of a lot of muscles that are just you know, so it's just super super intense. Yeah. Did you and you you kind of did learn that naturally or was that through voice lessons that you really learned how to use the diaphragm and such? That was definitely through voice lessons. Um, I don't, I, cause I knew that I, I was like, you know, okay, now I know I can sing, but I really want to know how to use my voice. Um, because I had, um, you know, a bunch of people who were singers and who were many, many years older than me who were like, listen, if you don't know how to use your voice properly. You might, it might not last as long as it can, mm-hmm. you know, you want to prolong the life of your voice. And so that's the reason I started taking voice lessons. And I'm really, really glad that I did because there's a lot of things that go into play that you nece- that you wouldn't necessarily think do, like just starting with how you take care of your body. And I'm not the, I'm not the best. I, I always want to be better with that. But um, there's just a lot of things that, because your body is your instrument. And so really everything, it does come into play like what you eat what you drink um is that going to give you like do you have acid reflux so then you have to watch what you eat so that you don't you know that doesn't act up because that'll erode your voice away like there are so Mm. many things that um you know that come into play that you that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think have a say in your voice okay so what's your vice is there are you like booze do you smoke do you is it just junk food or what is what is your what is the thing that you're like oh i gotta cut that out um, I, I do. I mean, yeah, I, I do. I like, I like my weed and I like, you know, I like stuff like that. Uh, but I, you know, uh, just that. And, and, you know, I would like to just, and, and of course there's always junk food. That's always a thing. Always. But what's, so what's um, your favorite but my biggest food? thing is hydration. That's my hydration. biggest thing that I need to be better on is hydration. That's my, cause I like a lot of things like, you know, I'm obsessed with coffee. I love coffee. And, um, and that just, that dehydrates your voice. So my biggest right. thing actually that I, that I need to work on is hydration. <laughs> oh, Can wait. you drink uh, like Gatorades and stuff? Those, do those like help like they hydrate more than water? Or is it just, you should just need to drink more water. I, I mean, mostly water, but I do, I, I have to say that Pedialyte for me personally is a, hmm. is a big thing. I drink a lot of Pedialyte on tour. I, I mean, literally bottles of Pedialyte. I just sit with bottles of Pedialyte and drink them on tour. Um, but I've heard that's a good uh, cure for hangovers too. Oh yes. That too. <laughs> it's a, it's a two for two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hydrates. And that, yeah. cause that's what like a lot of, uh, uh, hangover is, I think is dehydration, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. 100%. For sure. So, uh, so getting into plush, your band, it's amazing. 
Um, so you met Brooke. This part of the story is so cool, though, because you you add Ashley, and then you guys needed a guitar player, and it was actually Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm that that tweeted out your tweet or something like. So she was already following you from The Voice, or how did she know you? I did. I well, I had done a gig with with Hailstorm. I like I played a festival with them when I was like fifteen. Um, Oh, wow. Years, years and years ago, they came to, um, and it was being, the, the festival was at one of our local fairgrounds, like in, not local, but close enough to, to where I live. And um, we got on that bill and as, you know, as Mariah Fermika and um, I met Lizzie, I met Hailstorm there for the first time. And I had loved Hailstorm for years before that too. So it was like a, I was absolutely starstruck. Um, and so we had met there and, um, but yeah, you know, of course, of course my family was like, Oh, you know, she loves you and she's also a musician. I'm like, shut up, you know, and all this stuff. Uh, and so I think, you know, we crossed paths then, but then I think that at some point she got a hold of a, she saw a video that I did of a cover of I am the fire. Um, and I, ever since then, I, she just was so supportive and so sweet and just so encouraging. Um, and so when we had, when we had uh, formed Plus, she was so um, willing to help out and to, you know, spread the word. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So then that, and that's how you found the guitar player, uh, Bella. And she was from Maine, yeah. which isn't too far. The rest of you are all in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll clear that up. Cause I think that was a, there's this confusion. There's another band called plush. that's from South Africa. That is not you guys. And also the name is not from stone yeah. Temple pilots. <laughs> those two things. I can clear those up. You just thought plush. It's yeah. soft and cuddly, but then it's like you come out and rock and I like it. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah, exactly. It's simple. It, it's it's very it's easy to say. It's easy to spell. It's it's just you know, and it just felt right. Um, but yeah, and and that's so funny because there are there is this misconception that people that they're like, oh, you guys are from South Africa, right? And we're like, no, <laughs> no, we're not. And you know, so. I that How does that work? One. If there's another band, is it because that band is defunct? So then you guys can still have the name, or I think so. Yeah, we. I mean, we haven't had any issues. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't know if that band is. I like. I don't know if they're still a band. I, I because I think that they formed a long like a while ago, but I I, right. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, but, well, as long as they haven't but, sent a cease and desist. It's yeah, good, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these songs. I was listening to it again today, just trying to figure out. I like to try to figure out what is this song is about or who this who is this about? Are these all about I know there was a one or two girls that 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 inspired some of these songs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. is it like better off alone, hate, I don't care, and will not win? Are those all about the same person or are they about these two two different people? Well, um, hate and better off alone are about two different people. Okay. Um, but, uh, will not win. And I don't care. I don't care. Uh, sorry. Uh, I don't care is about people. It's, it's all the naysayers that were like, you know, music is not a real career. Music is not, you know, you can't do this. Oh, you got to do, I mean, always, I mean, in school talking, you know, cause the, in, in middle school, you always got to meet with the guidance counselors every, every semester or whatever, just talk about, you know, what you want to do and, oh, what colleges are you looking at? And so they can push you towards college and whatever. And I, I would always be like, well, you know, I, to be honest with you, I haven't thought of that right now. Uh, because I'm in seventh and eighth grade and I, you know, it's like, seriously. And, um, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing now and I'd like to make a living out of it. And like, 
the way that these people would look at you when you said that, it was like, oh, that's really cute. But, you know, we got to talk about realistic. And straight up, straight up. I had a guidance counselor tell me, but that's not really realistic. You know that, right? Wow. Like somebody, she literally said that to me. And That's so, funny, yeah, because I was a guidance counselor for yeah. 17 years, and I did that, and I and I always yeah. was supportive of anything. I had a girl tell me, she goes, I'm going to open up a weed store. I was like, all right, if that's what you want to do. I was like, she was 18, and she was, like, she was like ready to do it, and I was like, if that's what your dream yeah. is, I say go for it, you know? like So that's interesting yeah. that they told you, know, you not awesome, to do it. Though. That's yeah. awesome, though. I, I wish that, you know, like, as, and as I got older and through high school, um, that was my experience with a lot of the guidance counselors, you know, like my junior and senior year, Mm -hmm. they were, they were, a lot of them were, you know, my guidance counselor was awesome. She was very like, she's like, you know, look, I'm just concerned about you getting through this. I'm I'm here to help you. I'm here to, you know, talking more about, you know, how are we going to help you get through the school year and, and pass, (laughs) you know, it wasn't about, you know, she would always be like, I believe in you. If you want to do this, that's awesome. The same as you were just saying. And that's it. She was encouraging, you know, but yeah, I'll never forget that one guidance counselor that I had who said that. And and it wasn't one time. It was several times. And this just overall general attitude of just being condescending. If you had a certain career path in mind that didn't align with what they thought it should be. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I don't care is about. Um, it's just kind of like, look, I don't care. This is my life. And just because you think that I should go to college, I mean, that's fine, but don't, don't, you know, shit on my goals and my dreams and my passions because you think it isn't realistic or whatever. You don't know if it's realistic for me or not. Everybody's different. Um, Now I understand having, I understand the need for having a sort of, you know, a realistic perspective. That's of course you should always have a plan B. But you should never discourage someone uh, just because of, you know, this, the path that they see for themselves. Um, well, especially because you're doing it. You were doing me. I mean, I had kids that would yeah. say, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. And I said, yeah. okay, you're not on even the high school baseball team. So I, I think your chances might be yeah. a there. But like, but you're, you're on the voice and stuff when you were in high school, right? Yeah. I heard you tell yeah. the story so interesting. You're talking about like how you would eat lunch by yourself. Sometimes you only had like one or two close friends. And you said that kids were like, is that the girl from the voice eating by herself? And you're like, but it was by your choice. It wasn't like, you're just kind of alone. Yeah, exactly. People would, you know, people would be like, Oh, that's so sad. And, and, and my mom, my mom, I would tell my mom, you know, yeah, I ate lunch in the hallway today and it was great. And Brayden came, Brayden is my cousin. He, He went to my school as well. And we're really close. And, um, you know, sometimes he would come up and eat lunch with me, but other than that, I'm like, you know, I, yeah, she's like, Oh, that's right. That's so sad. Why? I'm like, it's not sad. I just don't want to be around all those loud, obnoxious kids, you know? Cause it's like they're at, at some point in the lunch, they're like, they all start clapping about crap and they all just like, they just do things that I, that didn't make sense to me. And that I didn't want to be a part of, and it, it was annoying to me. So I just wanted to be alone. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, I, I have peace of my, the way that I get my peace of mind is by doing solitary activities. That's just how I am. I'm very introverted. And so, you know, it was a okay with me to eat lunch alone. <laughs> did, did, were there some kids that tried to like befriend you because you were on the voice and they wanted to be part of that or something or wanted to bask in your oh, glory? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Definitely. Kids that I had never met before. I, I mean, I made a lot, I made a lot of friends just because of being on the voice. I mean, so it was, yeah, a lot of people do, a lot of people come out of the woodwork and, but I didn't look at it as, Oh, you know, these people are so, they're just, they're all just clout chasers and this and that. Like I get it. You know, it's, it's cool to know somebody who did, who, you know, did something that's cool and and it's interesting. So I get that. So I didn't, so I, you know, I became friends with a lot of the people that came up and introduced themselves you know, and so we're like, oh, you were that girl in the voice. That's so cool. Um, but there were, but then there, there were people that I just knew. I was like, no, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't mess with that. I don't, you know what I mean? Like you could tell that it was just uh, superficial and nothing else. Mm. Like they weren't actually interested in 
you as a person or, oh, that's so cool. You know, it's, I'm very interested in whatever. It was just, it's just kind of like that superficial, oh, I know this person. You know, remember that one time when like you dropped the penny and I picked it up for you at lunch? <laughs> that was fun, right? Like, you know, just like little things like that. Pretending like um, they were your best friend all along and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there were, there was definitely a lot of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So are you guys now this first album with plush, you wrote a lot of the songs yourself. Now the sec, the next album, you guys will write more together, right? Have you started working on that yeah. one yet? We haven't started working, you know, on that album, on the album, but we are in the process of trying to get some songs together and, and, you know, hopefully a lot of writing too together. Okay. What was the, did you, re, did you already record tracks or I don't know. I saw a picture of you guys with Tony Harnell from TNT. What what was going on yeah. there? Were you were doing songs with him or something? He had just stopped by to uh, say hi because we had played a couple gigs together in the past, and he we were in Nashville, and he lives in Nashville, and so we had right. been texting, and he was like, "Oh, you know what studio are you at? I want to uh, can I come say hi?" And I was like, "Yeah, like of course." And um, so he came by and just just to say hi and. Um, you know, and just, just to meet the other girls and stuff. And so, yeah. Oh, that's, that was for the first album when you were recording the first album. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't, so he didn't sing on it or would you have like guests like that? Like having Michael Sweet or Tony Harnell sing on a song or background vocals or something. I would totally be down for that. That would be amazing. Um, I, especially now with plush, it's like, you know, cause when Michael Sweet, um, it's, it's amazing. And I, I think it's amazing that he, did that, you know, and, and was so gracious with his, with his time and, and, you know, doing backups for, for me on, on the bring it on thing. But I was a little kid. Like I, I didn't, <laughs> I was not anywhere near where, you know, I was still growing. I was a little kid and, and it shows in, in my writing too. And so as I, it would be awesome to do that again with plush, you know, now that I, uh, I found myself and, you know, a lot more and I'm, you know, I'm an adult now and, and, um, and I think it shows in my writing too. So I, it would be really cool to revisit that, you know? Yeah. On, no, on a later really, album. Yeah. It's cool. All these people are like so supportive and, and helping you yeah. out like Lizzie Hale and Michael Sweet and Tony Harnell. Like it's just, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's restores your faith in humanity a little. Cause it's like, you know, there's, it's that, that's also what I love about rock is there's always that sense of community. Um, because it is, it is a community and it's, and it's, everybody's just so, so, I mean, obviously not everybody, there's people in every, you know, area, but for the most part, things have just been super supportive and just so all love, you know, just love and support. From yeah. Every corner. Well, and you said, it's funny, <laughs> you laugh at like the trolls, like you, you don't, I mean, I don't yeah. know, maybe it gets you a little bit, but I heard you like joking about how they, somebody called you guys Chickleback or something. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chickleback, that was okay. So that was, you don't sound anything like Nickelback, but it's still, it's a funny name, but it's not very accurate, I guess. It was, it was hilarious. I, we, I mean, that's our, our group. We made that our group chat name. So it's, it's the, <laughs> the four, four of us, the four of us made that our group chat name. So it's Chickleback. Um, and it's hilarious. We saw that on, you know what it was? It was Blabbermouth. That's what makes it even more funny is because we, we were sitting there. We were like, I swear to God, Blabbermouth, like must like hire people to just say ridiculous, <laughs> hilarious things because we're just like, no, who said somebody was like, oh, great flush more like flush and it's like we hadn't even come out with a song yet and so i'm like no are you guys just you guys are just saying this crap to stir stuff up but it was just hilarious because it was it, it just was even funnier that it came from blabbermouth because blabbermouth by far is like the angriest um comment section and but it's also the funniest because people just say ridiculous things like chickleback yeah you know no, that's, so, that is funny that's funny a lot really of the comments funny. On yeah, I have to read more on Blabbermouth, but yeah. like on, even on like TikTok and YouTube, sometimes the mm. comments are funnier than the actual video. <laughs> yeah, I oh my gosh, that's my first thing that I do always is like if I'm watching a YouTube video, I'm watching it, but I'm also reading the comments as I watch it because it's hilarious and it's so entertaining. And some of the arguments that people get in in the comments too are so funny because it's like, are you really arguing about this right now? Right. Um, 
And it's, oh, we also had uh, someone said, oh, great, Greta Van Teet. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone commented that on, on Blabbermouth as well. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And we yeah, thought I that mean, was hilarious. Because the... the I think I don't think they hire people. I think it's just that people will make comments and then the funniest stuff or the the most outrageous thing will get like, you know, the algorithm will push it to the top because the most people yeah. like that comment or whatever. And at least right. I know that's how it work on, on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And it's funny, you know, it's but it's it's some of the stuff that you say, that people say is so ridiculous sometimes that you're like this can't be a real person. Like this can't be, right. you know what I mean? So it's, like, yeah, the it's fact so that funny. Sometimes like, yeah, people get so angry and it's like, yeah, why do you care so much? Why do you take the time to make this angry right? comment? It's really, it's like, it's more like you're like worried about that person that made the comment more than you are. Yeah, they exactly. Have to say. yeah exactly. Exactly. People find, people will find any reason now to, to just, you know, be negative people to, to people just nitpick they just do people nitpick nothing is ever good enough for everyone and that's just a, a fact of it's just a simple fact of of not even just being you know in a band or being an artist on social media that's just a simple fact of having social media accounts like people are just going to be rude sometimes and that's how mm -hmm. it is and sometimes it's funny how yeah. rude people are <laughs> So. To me, it seems like it's the people that are like really unhappy in their lives that take the time to comment and, and nitpick, like you said, or, or say something negative that's just mean, that's not even funny, that's yeah. just like, like like nasty. And you're like, why would you take the time to make that comment publicly? It's like, yeah. usually I think it's like something wrong with their own life. That's my thing. Yeah, 100%. That, exactly. It says so much more about I know that this is like a cliche, but it's because it's true. And it's, it says so much more, I think, about that person uh, 100% than it ever says about whoever they're commenting about. Because it's when you, you must be in a low spot to actually get some sort of satisfaction from hurting somebody or at least attempting to hurt somebody else. That is like, and yeah, it sucks when you first, when we first launched everything with plush and whatever it some of the things that people say especially as women some of the things that people say are really discouraging and it's sometimes it's just straight up depressing it really is but after a while you know you get you you get used to it and then it's like oh it's and then you don't even notice it i don't i personally don't really read comments anymore because it was starting to really get at me because it's like you don't like you were saying you look at these people and you're like, why would you say something like that? It's one of those things where it's disturbing to me. It was so disturbing to me to try and figure out this person sat there, typed this message and had a moment to realize there is a person on the other side of this screen who's going to see this about themselves. You don't know what they struggle with mentally. You don't know what they've gone through in their life. You don't know what you could say that could trigger them. You don't know what you're saying about their body that's that could make like you don't know. And you still sat there and were like, I'm gonna say this just because it gives me satisfaction to make them feel like shit about themselves. That always that always really bothered me about that. It's not necessarily even what they say. It's just the disregard for for another human being that really disturbs me. With wow. Stuff like that. That's well said. That's, that's some wisdom for somebody so young. That's amazing that you're able to figure that out so young. It just is. Yeah. It's just something that really has always bothered me. No, that's, that's amazing. Well, cause yeah. everyone always asks you, I, I saw some interviews that you've done and people always ask you, you know, the struggles of, of being a, a woman in rock, but nobody ever asks you about the age thing. Cause I think yeah. that would be a harder thing you know, you're on tour with all these bands who are older, um, not necessarily being in a, in a male dominated field, but being in a younger person in an older person's dominated field. Like that's yeah. be a harder thing being the, the, such yeah. a young person around all these old, old rockers, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's very intimidating. It's, it's very, it can be very intimidating and, but it can also be a really great thing because when you have those rockers that, the, you know, the old rockers and the, the veterans of rock and roll that are just like, hey, you know, you're doing great. 
keep doing this, you know, and, and Hey, you know, you killed it tonight or, and they just give you little bits of wisdom and they give you encouragement like Lizzie Hale and Amy Lee, when we went on tour with them, they were, and both bands, all of the bands were just so supportive and welcoming. And you could tell that they knew, they knew that this was our first big tour. So they wanted to make us feel as welcome and as comfortable and as encouraged as possible. And so, and that was a really good thing, you know, and, um, Cause it's true when you are young, so, so young compared to a lot of these other bands, it is, it can feel very intimidating. Yeah. You know, it just, it just, it's harder to relate. I would think. Cause I, I just yeah. remember when I worked in education, I was working with a lot of women and that wasn't as big of a thing, but just more so that they were, a lot of them were older and they're talking about their kids yeah. and their grandkids. And I'm like, I, mean, I, I got nothing. I don't got kids. I don't exactly. got grandkids. So yeah, those kinds yeah. of things I think are, are more of a that was more of a challenge, at least for me personally. I don't know, but yeah, yeah you've you've turned with all these big bands now. The Allison Chains one, that's the you have shows still lined up with. It's Allison Chains, Breaking Benjamin, and Bush. That's a huge concert. Yeah, how did you get oh, on yeah. that one? Is it because of you? Uh, because I know you guys did that uh, cover of Down in a Hole, and it was it's yeah. amazing. It's on it's on uh, people Thank can check you. it on YouTube. It was from Sirius, uh, I think it was on Sirius like Octane or something recorded it, right. Yeah, yeah, it was for the Octane. For, uh, Is that Octane. how you got on that Allison Chains? They saw that and they said, "We want you," or was it something totally different? Um, I think it was through. I think it was through um, our agency that got us through, got us our shows and stuff. I I honestly don't know too much about the booking of shows and and gigs, but um, I it could have been that. But I think I think it was um our agents got us um, the gigs. Oh, okay. Cause you, yeah, you must have yeah. a, a great agency or management. Cause you're, I mean, you're doing all this stuff. You got, you had shows like we mentioned hailstorm and evanescence, and then you did the shows with seven dust slash, and you even did a late night with Seth Myers. I mean that those are all huge things. Yeah, no, I, I got to hand it to them. I mean, management and, um, and our agency has been absolutely incredible getting us opportunities that we never thought that we would have, honestly, at least I didn't, I, I never could have dreamed, you know, and being, being, you know, 21 and, and having, being able to say that your band, you know, has had the opportunity to do all these things. It's, it's incredible with all these bands that you grew up listening to, you know, and that really have had an impact on you. Um, so Really, it's so incredible. And I'm so grateful to them. Is it still so, surreal? Shout out to management. <laughs> yeah, who, who is the management? I know your dad helps out too, right? Yes, yes. My dad is is one of our managers, yeah. Yeah, we're with Pavement Entertainment. Pavement, okay. Oh, I'll have to remember that. Management. What yeah, is it? That's the label. The management is surface management, but the label is Pavement Entertainment. Okay, I have to keep that in mind because they're, they're clearly doing a great job with you yeah. guys getting on all these uh, great gigs and great tours. And one of them you're doing the, uh, let's see, you just did the, these big festivals. Talk about that. Cause you did the Rockville festival in May and there was like kiss and Papa Roach and five finger death punch. And yeah. then you're going to be opening up for kiss and Judas priest again. Oops. Did I freeze? Um, in the aftershocks festival. Yeah. Yeah. I am so, so excited for that. Um, we, that was a lot of fun. The, the, uh, rock the welcome to rockville show in daytona beach and it was so hot though but it was a lot of fun um and it was it was crazy to to say that you can that you're playing festival with you know bands like you just mentioned like kiss and and so many amazing bands that were on that festival and and to be able to do the uh louder than life festival is so we're so excited for that one as well well, okay, that one, and then and then there are also the aftershocks. So those are those are those are, those are two separate ones, then. Yes. Okay. Gosh, yeah. Is that? Do you like doing the big festival? What do you like best? Like a headlining club tour, like a, a tour with Alice in Chains, something like that level, or the giant festivals? Which one's the best? Um, I it's tough because there are so many. It's, the pros and cons are so. Here's my favorite thing about festivals: is are 
the crowds are insane. They're nuts. It's it's fun. They're they're ha- they're just happy to be there. They will sit there all they they literally stand there all day and there's sweat and the heat and you know and they're they just have their beer and they're happy to be there you know and they're like you know it's hell yeah it's all love um but as far as like the the headlining uh you know being like an opening act for the headliners in on a tour i do love the aspect of um you know like you, you for for the most part i think on tours like you have you know like the dressing rooms and and everything's much more organized you know because it's just mm-hmm. it, there are just way less bands and it's you know it's at like a set then it's it, there aren't all these different stages and all you know which stage is that band going to be on which stage is that going to be on so i also i love the organization of you know a tour like that um but i really love the energy with the festival shows Hmm. that's very cool okay are you going to be doing um more headlining shows just as plush because i know that allison chains tour one that i like that looks so cool uh, I'm in Phoenix and I don't think you guys are playing on the Phoenix. I think it's Thunder Pussy is the other, is the other opening yeah. band that you guys, cause you're splitting up the dates with some of the other bands. So would you yeah. be doing a headlining tour of just plush? I'm not sure as of right now. I don't think we have anything lined up for that, but I really yeah. hope so soon. Yeah. Yeah. We're still just uh, trying to, you know, get out there and grow as a band and then hopefully we can have that in the very near future very cool i look forward to that and hopefully a new record at some point too yes. um are you still uh i know i saw on your instagram you you do a lot of fishing are you still doing a lot of fishing oh yeah yeah i'm actually gonna go today i, I fish almost every day i i really? fish whenever i can I, yeah fishing actually was my first passion even before music i uh wow you know yeah oh my gosh my dad had because my dad is very passionate about fishing too he loves when I was little, he would always quiz me on the different fish. Like he would be like, what is, you know, like whenever people uh, go to uh, put their, you know, people go to put their kids down to bed. My dad, you know, they might read him a story or they might do whatever. My dad would always be like, okay. You know, he would lay there on the floor with me until I fell asleep. He'd be like, okay, what's green and has a chain link pattern on its side and has a teardrop down. And I'd be like, a pickerel and he'd be like that's right mariah that's like he would always quiz me on fish like i and and since the time i was little my i i, I always had a fishing pole in my hand yeah i love it wow that is so yeah. cool <laughs> I, I, I used to go fishing when i was a kid and i always just get so bored so you must have good patience <laughs> isn't, fishing is a lot about patience right yeah yeah it's a lot about patience and but it's if you know like where you know where the structures are and what fish you're going for and what you're using in the water like it's uh some days just aren't good like yesterday i went i caught absolutely nothing mm. um but it's still just i get peace of mind it's full mental clarity for me you know um and just i get peace of mind from it and it's enough for me to be like all right well i'm out here doing it that means i still might catch fish you know yeah do you have just yeah. silence or do you have headphones in and music or what do you, what do you, I, so whenever I go by myself, I will sometimes play music. I, I'll like put my phone in my back pocket and play some music. Hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just be in silence. Um, and then a lot of the time my brother will come with me and we'll talk and laugh and whatever. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll also listen to music. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. A lot of the time. Very cool. Well, I see your cat behind you. I saw you also have snakes. I wanted to ask you, yes, how do your snakes get along with the cat? Because I would think that's um, not a pair. Well, this, they don't really, I actually, this one has never met the snakes. I've only had her for, she's about to turn a year, but she, they've never, they don't really get to interact because I'm honestly afraid of it. I My bow constrictor one time that I had her out uh, my old cat actually walked past her and she struck at her oh, because, no. you know, all she sees is, is warm fur. So she's like, Oh, right. food, you know, my, my snake. And, uh, so yeah, that was the last time that I ever had the snakes out around, uh, the cats or the dogs or anything. But so my like, lizard is cat okay is though cool when the, when the boa constrictor, oh, yeah, she was oh. okay. She was okay because I saw her, uh, she looked like she, I was, I was looking at her posture and 
when snakes are about to strike, they have that, it's called like an S curl. And they, they kind of, you know, posture up and they put their head in kind of like the shape of an S. And that's how you know that they're about to strike. So I saw that and I kind of immediately pulled her back as she struck at her. So she didn't actually get to latch onto her. Thank mm. God. Um, but yeah, that is the last time that I, but I, I make sure that they have a very, very secure enclosure so that they're not able to get out, which I've also had happen. <laughs> Gotcha. Did you talk to, when you were on tour with Slash, did you guys bond about snakes? Because I know he's got a bunch of snakes too, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We talked snakes. Yeah. He was uh, telling me about his, it was so funny because he's just like, um, he's like, oh, you know, I got a, he's like, for my birthday, somebody just got me a a baby green anaconda. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, I'm like, okay, so for your birthday present, somebody just got you a baby anaconda and that was just like, cool. And and it's just so funny because I'm like, that's literally the largest snake in the world is an anaconda. And that's just what you got for a birthday present. Yeah. Like, how do you, Um, how do you, where do you put that thing? You have to have a giant cage or something, I think, well, he was telling me, I think he lives at the zoo now in like Nashville or something. I think he was telling me the snake, his name is... I think it's Sam. I don't get, I don't know. I can't remember 100%, but I think it's Sam. And he was telling me that he lives at the zoo now uh, in in Nashville, I think. And he's, he's not on display or anything. He just kind of gets taken care of by, you know, the, but it, but it, you know, he said that he goes to see him whenever he's in the area and that he's doing well. So, I mean, you know, hmm. it's pretty cool. I'm like, all right, Sam, the anaconda, that's, awesome but we did we talked we talked snakes, cool. and it's so funny because i because i actually it's so funny because apparently slash also loves paleontology like he's very interested in dinosaurs and he knows like really? everything about them and i so funny because when i was little i loved i loved dinosaurs i always had dinosaurs as toys i would always get the you know the big like three foot uh model skeletons and i would put them together as a little kid like i i love stuff like that so it's funny that we both love reptiles and you know dinosaurs and and you know it's both play guitar like it's just funny i'm like all right slash i could get down with that yes (laughs) have slash a guest on your next record he guests on a lot of people's records that would would be amazing yeah i found i found it you know one of the artists that i love so much is macy gray and he um yeah i love macy gray and actually, it's funny because when we were on the Slash tour, I found that she had Velvet Revolver feature in one of her songs. And oh, I was I didn't like, know that. is this the same Velvet Revolver? Is this a different one? And I'm looking it up and it's like, no, it's actually Velvet Revolver with Slash. So it's I believe it that he that he, you know, features in a lot of people's stuff. But yeah, that guy yeah. is amazing. So humble. So just he seems like such a good guy, honestly. So. Yeah, no, I'd that's very cool. It's amazing. Work work. In the yeah, it's amazing. You're doing all these tours with amazing people, making great music. Um, I always end each episode with a charity. Is there a charity that you want to promote here at the end? Besides, obviously, you know, people we want people to buy your record and see on tour. But is mm-hmm. there a nonprofit that you're involved with or that you'd like to promote? Honestly, I don't have any specific charity but i do really you know anything to help out animals um and anything to help out veterans i'm really keen on you know so i'll put a couple um, things in the the show notes along with your website it's a plushrocks.net i believe right is that correct okay and then of of course you're on instagram and all that stuff too so people can follow you guys and check out the website for current tour dates yeah awesome okay well thanks so much for doing this It's a lot of fun and i'll get this episode out soon Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Had a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Mariah. All See right. Ya. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Mariah for Mika and her dad slash manager for helping set that interview up. Uh, sometimes it's hard to do interviews with younger people because there isn't as much life experience. So sometimes there just isn't as much to talk about. Uh, but we ended up doing a full hour with Mariah. I think we could have kept going if we wanted. Um, she's done so much in her career, uh, career already. And also, she just has so much wisdom and uh, really interesting to chat with. Uh, definitely much more wise than I was at that age. And the future is very bright for her and her band Plush. Check out the debut album. It's available on streaming. And also you can order it on purple vinyl if you prefer that. 
Uh, follow the band on social media or check their website for show dates. I may have to make a road trip to see them. I think they are going to be really good live. Um, and thank you for supporting our guests on the show. Without them, we don't have a show. And thank you to all who have supported my show. Our YouTube channel has been doing very well the last month. So thank you to all who have watched videos on there, like them or share them and subscribe to my channel. Subscribers keep going up. I really appreciate that. It's cool to see something grow and I'm very grateful. So thank you all for listening. Have a great day and shoot for the moon.